Hey peeps, welcome back to the Growth Lab podcast. I'm your host, Matt Harris, and I run the Growth Lab, a lead generation consultancy for commercial cleaning businesses. In today's episode, I chat with Stephen Yates, founder and managing director of IT Cleaning, one of the first specialist data center cleaning companies in the UK. Stephen launched IT Cleaning over 20 years ago after stumbling into the niche by accident. While researching for his master's degree in marketing, Stephen sent questionnaires to IT managers about telephone cleaning. In return, they asked whether he was able to clean data centers and IT cleaning was born with a contact list of 60 potential clients. Since being launched, IT cleaning has been at the forefront of cleaning data centers, server rooms, comms rooms, and broadcast equipment. We talk about why Stephen had to switch the subject of dissertation before he was able to launch IT cleaning, how the biggest challenge to starting was getting insurance for a new type of cleaning, the simple approach he takes to retaining staff, the science of dust. Now, a little heads up, Stephen gets quite technical halfway through this episode, which just goes to show his passion and understanding for this particular niche and the most effective lead generation strategy that he uses for finding new clients. For more tips on lead generation and insights on the most successful strategies, tools and tactics to help grow your cleaning business, sign up for the Growth Lab newsletter via the link in the episode description. You ready? Let's dive in. Hi guys, so we are here with Stephen Yates from IT Cleaning. Stephen, so we've just had a little bit of a chat before we went on air. I'm quite curious to find out more about your business because you focus on data centers. So can you tell me how the idea of starting the business came about and why you focused on this particular niche? Back in 2000, 2001, I was doing a master's degree in marketing and I had to do a dissertation. So I was working in the cleaning industry, so I was searching for some niche markets to do a dissertation on because you should only sweep a small corner when you do a dissertation and cleaning is massive. The turnover of UK cleaning, which you know is huge. Yeah. So I was looking for some niche markets and um, I sent out some questionnaires. One of them was um, about um, cleaning and lots of people came back saying, well, yeah, but can you clean data centers? Because the questionnaires was asking about computer cleaning on desks because I stumbled upon computer cleaning. Okay. There was a company called Phonataz at the time, Phonataz, which yeah. was an initial company that was going around cleaning PCs and um, phones on desks and making a fair bit of money doing it. Uh, there were lots of research going on that um, lots of viruses were being passed on by people sharing phones and uh, PC keyboards and things like that. So I contacted the wrong group of people within organisations. <laughs> I contacted the IT managers, okay. and they don't have anything to do with P- PCs on desks. Their actual interest in the IT finishes at the box the PC plugs into. So loads of them said, can you clean a comms room? Can you clean a, a, a server room and I said well what are they so one guy bravely said come along and have a look so I went along and had a oh, look wow. at his in-house uh, server room um, and I thought well how hard can this be went away and did some research found out about HEPA filtered vacuums uh, all sorts of things and that there was already a few people doing it in America so I spoke I spoke to data clean which were the biggest in America I spoke to their director yeah um he's been very helpful I'm still still friends with him now Dean Cercades and um the company was born from wow. there. I sold my house and invested the money and started to come oh left the business I was in resigned yeah uh, sold my house oh got divorced got divorced but that was an aside that was <laughs> happening anyway and then st- <laughs> started the company and it went from there from strength to strength oh wow so like how long so, yeah. preparation so you were doing your dissertation so was it quite a long research process uh, the research process yeah so I had to stop the dissertation that I was doing and start another 
another one because I read some small print on the university that I was using um, that said that if I started a business off the back of the dissertation, they were entitled to 10% of the shares of the business. So I thought I'm not oh, doing wow. that. So I started a new dissertation, ditched that one and did one on conquered cognitive resonance resonance which is when you buy something and you're not happy with it okay you've been oversold it okay so i did i did that within the cleaning industry how much cognitive resonance there was within the cleaning industry and there was an awful lot of it um because everybody says they'll clean and be perfect and it's yeah. it's not easy, easy invariably to it's not <laughs> <laughs> No requirement because your clean is not my clean and so on. Yeah. So um, I did that dissertation and then I went back to the old one and carried on with the research and then formed the company. Uh, luckily, IT cleaning was available. So it was the domain address and loads of other things set it up and then just went basically touting it around to people in businesses, nice. uh, calling IT managers up and people like that. And uh, quite a few of them because they were already on my list because I had 60 people come back to me when I sent a list out saying yeah would be interested yeah. and quite a few of them took us up on it the hardest thing to get was insurance because everybody said oh we can't insure you for that no, no none of the normal cleaning company uh, cleaning company insurance people would touch you with a barge bill so I had to pay a thousand pound for a, an assessor to come out from a Lloyd's based company yeah uh, to just watch us clean for the day before they would put us on risk. And it's still very, very expensive, the insurance. Yeah, I can imagine. Because uh, you're dealing with some cleaning. some yeah. pretty um pretty valuable pretty valuable um items, right? So I can imagine that the insurance yeah, is challenging. Th- yeah, there's th- there's the items themselves. So you've got one rack of equipment can be in excess of a million pounds, depending what's in it. Hmm. and we might be cleaning that rack so the chances are of us actually destroying the whole rack is pretty low but it could still run into two hundred thousand. just the damage to a fan system for instance yeah by the time it gets shipped from where it's got to come from put in and redone and all booted back up but the consequential loss is really high as well so um if you knock a server off one server gets switched off there could be seven virtual servers attached to that and then a whole chain of stores or something like that could go down yeah <clears throat> so the tills stop working in tesco's for instance if that's been caused by somebody cleaning and they've shut down a server that's now turned half the tesco stores tills off they've literally got to let you leave the store with what what you've got oh wow because the contract isn't about paying for it there's no nothing in the law of contract that says you have to pay for it you just have to have four things in place and contract is fixed so if your stuff's on the conveyor belt the till goes down it's yours they can't really? force you to leave <laughs> okay. it there yes i did not i did not <laughs> or, know that or if it's actually or if it if it's in your basket and you're waiting to pay for it sorry it's yours not theirs anymore so you could walk out the store so generally they wouldn't be very happy. Yeah, you could imagine somebody like Amazon who's losing their website even for a minute. Uh, the loss of cash revenue would be yeah, phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah, for um, sure. so consequential damage is quite high as well at the risk for consequential damage. So you could be working on a very important drawing for somebody, and you've got it on auto backup. But in between the auto backup, you've just done something that. You, you've put it down and you thought i'll go back and check that but i think that's a great idea and then suddenly there's a glitch and it goes down and it's proved that the cleaner did that Mm. then you know you could be put back months just because you've just lost all your data yeah so there is an awful lot of risk involved 
<clears throat> so everything has to be done very safely okay and very carefully so i've got i've got a couple of questions that sort of stem from that when you started did you build a team straight away did you do this cleaning yourself how, how was that how did you start yeah i obviously did the cleaning myself and i still do quite a fair bit of the cleaning myself and lead the teams because especially with new customers because i'm the one that's done the selling and i'm the expert and they expect me to be there sure um but i, I don't go all the time it's just just for the first clean usually so how i started was <clears throat> i'm ex-military so i needed people with that type of mind people that right so you can see some dust on a wall up there but you can't quite reach it i don't want people that walk away and say i can't reach that i want people to go now how can i reach that yeah what do i need to reach that dust do i need another tube on my vacuum oh yeah that'll get me up there so i'll go and find another tube for my vacuum so that's the type of people i was looking for um so i formed teams from people like that okay and, and i found quite, found quite quite a few casual labor and students there were a lot there are lots of students out there very clever people doing degrees and they think like that as well they're, they're they're problem solvers they're not people that think i can't do that so i'm not going to do it yeah um so i had a good team of we weekend workers in students from no. various universities around the area nice is that a tactic so that you still well. employ is that a tactic you still employ now because i, I yeah, guess that, you know, yeah it's, still it's a big challenge <laughs> yeah. isn't it finding new yeah. staff for your cleaning company yeah at the, at the moment it's, it's a big challenge but um i find most of my guys stay with me a long time i mean i've got one now that's coming up seven years another one that's coming up five years they stay a long time um they don't just it's like most cleaning companies get bored and leave because we we travel the country we don't just work in reading yeah we don't just work in london we're all over the place so today they're doing some cleaning they're doing some cleaning in london uh all this week and next week we're in Coventry. so they get to see lots of different places yeah so and they I quite enjoy that and we stay away a lot too we stay, stay in hotels Okay, nice. <laughs> Away day, <laughs> which they so, like. Like, what's, yeah. your, what's your secret to to um, to uh, staff retention? Then, how how have you managed to keep some of your business <coughs> for seven years <clears throat> and for that length of time? Because that's well, you keep them by bit. Being extremely fair to them, um, paying them well. So, for instance, um, last week um, we had a postponement on one of the days. So they all had a day off. They got paid for it. They all had a day off and they only did four days work. So those types of things are what, what I do. And then in a couple of weeks time, we're working seven seven days. So they'll get paid for the Saturday and Sunday. Or they'll get paid double time on the Sunday, actually. Even though they, they only worked four days the other week because we had a cancellation. It's not their fault that we had a cancellation. Yeah. So I um I deal with it that way. Okay. And also, as I say, be very fair to them. So things like if I owe them holiday pay, which I will do very shortly, pay it in the Christmas payroll because we start our holiday in January. So say they've only used 15 days of their 20 days. Well, I owe them five days then, so I pay them the five days okay. just before Christmas. So nice. they like things like that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and and you mentioned um uh, obviously it's quite technical the the sort of cleaning that you do and there's there's certain steps to to follow yeah. does that mean you've got quite robust sort of in-house processes standard operating procedures that sort of stuff and, and training for your uh, staff yeah so we have very uh, strict um, 
standard operating procedures and protocols in how to do things, which they all get trained in. They also have a, a job management booklet with them that, that gives them, a, it's like an aid memoir. So they get a briefing prior to each job, but also like you would if you were given an orders group as a military person, you would expect them all to take notes of what their tasks were and know it. But you would then also hand them out an aid memoir to say, this is what, what your role is in this. Yeah. So these guys, they know what their roles are and what they're doing. So the team leader will designate who's doing what tasks. Now, he knows because he's worked with these guys closely for quite some time who prefers working off a stepladder and who doesn't really like working off a stepladder. So he doesn't put the guy that doesn't like working off the stepladder up the stepladder. So there'll be a guy working on a stepladder cleaning the copper cabs and another guy coming along behind him cleaning the doors of the cabinets and things like mm. that to get the job done as quickly and efficiently as possible. Yeah. So the teams all know what they're doing. They know how to do it. The method statements of risk assessments are really quite strict. And the team leader knows that if he has to move away from the method statement, he has to do a number of things and that involves the client. So, for instance, if something different in a room has happened since we last saw it, he has to go and get the client and say, look, to clean this, I'm going to have to move this cabinet this far forward. Is that okay? Yeah. And if he says, yes, you can move it on a big enough cable for you to move it, that's fine. If he says, no, you can't, well, that area becomes non-accessible and can't be cleaned. Okay. That's how it works. They have to make that decision. I don't get phone calls during the day to say, can we do this, Steve? Can we do that, Steve? Because if... I got that. They, if I got that, they wouldn't be working for me very long. Yeah, because sure. uh, you haven't got time to phone everybody just to get a decision. You know. Yeah. So, so they it, have to make that decision themselves. And I guess you sort of empowered them by giving them the the aid memoir to a certain degree as well, right? To say, look, if this, then yeah, that. Yeah. So that kind of makes yeah, your that's right. life and a then, little bit easier. And also, yeah. And also, the other thing is, again, this is from my military training. Provided you do everything for the right reasons, and you've followed as closely as you can the processes, I'll back you to the hill yeah. because it's not your fault if it goes wrong. Sure. But if you haven't, then I'll hang you out to the walls. And um, <laughs> you know, you'll be you'll be in trouble. Well betide anyone <laughs> yeah, that does. So you, <laughs> yeah. So they uh, they do keep to the rules quite stri- um, strictly, and they know to um, say if somebody asks them to do something that's silly, we do sometimes get to say no, that can't be done. That uh, that's impossible. If we do that, this could happen, and we can't do that unless you're willing to take the risk. And then they people usually start thinking, oh right, well we better not ask them to do that then. And that's how we go over things like that as well. Fair enough. But yeah, so that's, and is that's there, the way it works. Is there is like do you provide sort of continuous training as well? Are there new like methods that are introduced quite regularly in terms yeah. of data centers? Like, yeah, what so is, what is continuous training. Like? Well, the thing is cleaning of the data center. So the the, the the specification is quite simple but strict. So it's ISO one four six four four class eight. It's a clean room specification. We spread from class one, which is the best you could ever get, but we're never going to get class one because. Um, that's for making satellites and things like that. So there's okay. no dust in the room at all. Class A is in a clean room parlance would be where you would get changed to go into a better class data, uh, better class clean room. So I was um, instrumental in a- enabling the um, ISO to be used in data centers by touting it and saying, look, this can be oh, used because wow. these are controlled in these are controlled environments. So we can use this specification. Yeah. That gives you something to hang your hat on. So with that specification, you have to worry about two things. The, 
Firstly, airborne dust. So we're talking particulate dust at 0.5 micron. So that's moving around in the room all the time. The lowest, uh, the least force in physics that will act upon a particle at that size is gravity. Because gravity needs mass. So mass times 9.89 metres per second per second. But if you weigh nothing... Gravity has very little effect on you. So you're flowing around in the air, not not landing, not going in there. What you're going to end up doing is getting attracted to something like that light behind you that's putting off a, an electromagnetic field around it yeah. or Battle's force, which is every surface is giving off an electromagnetic field. Static electricity, something like that's going to grab that piece of dust. So now we're looking at settled dust or dust that's actually stuck to a surface. So if you look at a vertical surface in a dusty environment you will see very fine dust the easiest way to do it is when you get in your car tonight if you have a car look at the glass and if you see what looks like smoke on the glass that's not smoke wipe it with something it will come off black it's dust dust created from your vehicle probably from your brakes probably getting into the vehicle and then it's very small it's 0.3 micron and lower it sits on that glass because the the force on the glass the electromagnetic magnetic force known as van der Waals force is holding it onto the glass you can't even vacuum it off you would have to get something to break that force so you'd have to wipe that off so those are the two dusts we're looking for airborne Hmm. and and settled to test the airborne at the end of the clean i have a machine it's a ten thousand pound piece of machine that takes in a known sample of air counts the particles across a laser from 5 1 uh, so 0.51 and 5 micron now bearing in mind a thousand microns a millimeter they're very small so it's counting them and then it extrapolates that to what that would be if that was a cubic meter of air it just sampled and i have a graph that says i'm allowed this much in a cubic meter of air of all those particles in this room if it's that much it's failed if it's below that much it's passed <clears throat> so that's the airborne dust. The settled dust is just the glove test. So you go along, wipe a surface, wipe it against your shirt. <clears throat> if dust comes on your shirt, then it's failed. Okay. So those are the two parts of the specification. <clears throat> to get the airborne dust out of the air, we stand there with a vacuum for hours on end. We have a huge piece of equipment or three four, five, depending on how many you need in a room, which basically filter the air. They bring the air in at the front and filter it to 0.3 micron and blow it out the back. 0.3 is better than we require. So we get the the dust out of the air. That's why air movement is extremely important because I need the greatest force in the data hall to be air movement, nothing else. I don't want it to be static. I don't want it to be any of the electromagnetic forces. I need it to be air movement. So all the dust ends up in the air so I can get it out of the air. And then all the dust, we, we just vacuum it off. So this is all... any dust that we make air. Yeah. Yeah. Any dust that we then make airborne is caught by the um, air scrubber. Okay. So, So yeah, this is the process in a nutshell. Very, very technical. So going back to when you started... Um, like what was your biggest challenge in growing the business was it learning about the technical aspect like you said you've already mentioned the insurance aspect which was you know there, there wasn't a, a, a yeah, standard that... insurance <laughs> IT cleaning clearly there was a demand yeah, which you got feedback from the survey that you carried out in the yeah. first instance so what what yeah. was what was <laughs> the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome as, as you started well the biggest hurdle is getting people to know about it because most people that, that own uh, I suspect there's a comms room in the building you're sat in now yeah um, so most people own some sort of it equipment somebody they know they've got it there they don't know 
that there, that there are people out there that can clean it okay. for them so it doesn't get cleaned. And then the only time it gets cleaned is when they have a problem and somebody from IBM, Cisco or whoever come along and says, oh, I've just taken your server apart. That's the reason it stopped. Look how dusty mm. it is. <laughs> you need to get the room cleaned. And um, then it starts to tumble down. So that's the biggest thing is getting the people to know about it. Hence the reason the data center managers course and things like that nowadays has a cleaning module. Okay. Because people need to know that you can get somebody to come and do the cleaning for you. Yeah. I mean, if you're a data center manager, you don't really you don't really want to be doing deep cleaning yourself. Day-to-day cleaning, that's a matter of cleaning up after yourselves. Totally different thing. To do an to get an ISO certificate because we issue a certificate after our clean, sure. uh, which is valid for a year. So most people, some people, even put it in a frame on the wall as you walk okay. into the data center and point to it to say, "Look, we get this room <laughs> clean. We get this data hall cleaned." Yeah. <laughs> so be careful you don't make dirty. Yeah. That type of thing. Uh, so that it, that is just the biggest one is getting people to know that the service is available, and that has been for twenty years, and it still is. It's getting better because more people are finding it now. Yeah. And so how there's, more, how there's a a breed go on yeah the there's a big bigger breed of um, younger people coming into the IT world have done the course or know that there's data center cleaning available and get on the phone and go all right I need you to come and have a look at the data room yeah but so t- times are starting to turn co- which is good yeah cold calling cold calling tends not to work so it's more about website social medias uh, okay. uh, like that and, w- and word of mouth cold call is extremely difficult even within the own organization you speak to somebody who looks after your comms room and everybody goes oh i don't know i don't know have yeah. you got comms room yeah. <laughs> things like that so <laughs> you'd be surprised how many people have no idea that what that they've got one in their <laughs> in their building there's is it in some high-rise buildings in London? There's one on every floor, yeah. For instance, but nobody knows. They're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know who looks after that. Oh wow! They've never seen the room open. Yeah. So, so what has been the the most effective form of marketing for you? Because I know obviously you're on LinkedIn. Do you, do you use that quite a bit to get in contact yeah, with people you need to? Using, yeah, I've started using LinkedIn a lot more now. Yeah. Um. So we're getting quite a few. Through that, uh, the website is still the most effective. Um, so, if you were to put data center cleaning into the into Google, for instance, uh, then the um, we tend to be at the top of Google, Yahoo, and a number of other search engines. Guess the search for so server room things like that. People, they there are so many different names for these rooms. Yeah, some of them are really old. They go back into the sixties when we had mainframes and oh, wow. the um, the initials and people you you say so you're mf something room um do you know what that means no no idea <laughs> uh, it means mate mate <laughs> mainframe you know so but the, the people that named it have long gone from the organization yeah uh, and nobody's ever changed the name oh, wow. so you, you do have to be a bit clever and think about what they might be calling it so let me ask you this if, yeah, you, if you so had if you if you had a, a marketing budget which was unlimited what what would you focus uh-huh. on in terms of winning these bigger clients and i know before we came on air you sort of said you've been avoiding the biggest clients but you're starting to move into that like, where where would your advertising or marketing spend go um well the main area that we 
websites in place now. So I would start looking at more use of LinkedIn uh, to contact uh, these people. The data center managers are the people that I really need to get into contact with more than the more than the business owners, for instance. They're to me the unless the business owner is a data center manager, and I don't want to sound smug. There are a few of them out there, definitely, but mostly not. Mostly okay. the business owners are in America, Hong Kong, places like that. Um, so they're not the people I need to speak to. I speak to the person that day-to-day runs that data center yeah. and needs to have that certificate for his client base. So colo data centers, co-location data center, that means they have a lot of customers in there. Um, so the racks don't actually belong to them. One row might belong to somebody, one row might belong to somebody else. Okay. And it's running their organizations. So or one one room or one partitioned room might be a whole customer. I don't even know who they are. We go yeah. in and we just clean what's in front of us. I don't know that that might be belong to um, the one of the big high street stores like Marks and Spencers, for instance. I yeah. have no idea what that who that room belongs to. It doesn't say on it. So the colo data centers are the are the ones that I'd need to get more into. Really, we do do a few, but not as many as I would like to. But so I think that would be getting hold of the data center managers, and that would be the sweet spot. Is it? Well, uh, well, to, well, well, to be honest, to be honest, this is why I've stayed away from them because I tend to make more money cleaning for that that comms room that's in your building than I would clean more money in uh, profit. I mean, yeah, uh, bottom line profit cleaning that comms room in your thing where I can just send two men to clean it. Whereas if I've got to send 10 men to clean a whole mm. data center and it could last a month. Yeah. The, the return may not be anywhere near as good as it, um, it is by doing your, just your one clean, your one little <laughs> room that I do on takes me a day. So nice. that's why I've sort of stayed away from them. Yeah. But uh, it's all, you know, if you had a lot of these bigger guys, you could make loads of money. <laughs> but, <laughs> likewise, if, you know, cause you cut, you would cut your transport costs down yeah by not having to travel so far and just having like hubs up and down the country i guess right yeah where you could just send people out yeah so you've got london hub which would include slough and places like that yeah then birmingham there's loads around birmingham so just send people out from there if you have all these bigger companies in these hyperscale data centers and things like that that they're starting to build nowadays okay you know eight megawatt data hall and things like that 10 of them in a data center you'd be there for a couple of months yeah you'd be laughing just cleaning easy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's the sort of thing yeah well look Stephen, we're gonna wrap it up very shortly yeah. let me go into the quick fire question section so okay what advice would you give a younger version of yourself just starting out with your it cleaning business lend your money to the company don't put your money in and spend it lend the money to the company as a director's loan because then you can have it back anytime okay so that's one mistake and what's one golden rule from your perspective of running a successful cleaning business be very very honest and upfront with your customers tell them if something can't be done it can't be done and stick to your guns even if somebody else is saying it can be done say well let them do it then because it can't be done Okay. People will people totally respect that. And last one. Um, what's one question you wish I'd asked and how would you have answered it? Ooh, that stumped you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. 
what would I wish you'd have asked? Because uh, I know there's, you know, there's a bunch of technical stuff that you've... Yeah, so the technical stuff, I, I can talk about all day. I can go into that. When I left the army, I went into technical sales. I, I saw concrete and things like that, and people look at you technical. Of course, concrete's <laughs> technical. It's the most technical building material there is. So, you know, uh, complex silicas and things like that that, yeah. that that become hard and hold the building up. It's complex. So um, techni- the technical side of the business is is really easy for me. More that I would have <clears throat> looked at would be that I've got a master's degree in marketing, so that's not too bad either. Mm. But more it's to get a handle on how to sell to these people that <clears throat> to them it's it, totally their business and their business is data and looking after it. And you've got millions of pounds worth of equipment and they've got to trust you. So you've got to be able to quickly suss out what the type of person you're dealing with is um, to trust you. But I don't know what, what question I would have liked you to ask because you've asked some quite good questions to be honest. So as we, um, as we wrap up, Stephen, where, where's the best place for people to find you online? It's at a a website, which is itgleaning.co.uk. Okay. And to connect with you, is it LinkedIn? Yeah. LinkedIn, Stephen Yates or IT Cleaning will get you to us and then click through up to the website in various places or they can uh, send me a message uh, and there's plenty of ways of getting hold of me uh, my telephone numbers available in all sorts of places perfect feel, nice one, feel free to call <laughs> okay <Awesome. laughs> well thank you very much for um thank you very much for joining us okay brilliant thanks to Stephen for joining us on the growth lab podcast and thanks to you guys for listening you can access the show notes and resources via the link in the episode description if you enjoyed this episode please share it with others who you think will find it useful across social media or leave a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you listen to you can also follow me on twitter and instagram at i am underscore matt harris to catch all the latest from the growth lab and how to generate more contract opportunities for your cleaning business see you next time and remember if your cleaning business isn't growing it's dying Bye.